0: That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today, following a global retreat last Friday. That's as traders worried over inflation as well as the Israel Gaza conflict. Then early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.5 percent to 3. Thousand one hundred and seventy one points after some 44 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The numbers on the SGX are still firming up but here's what we are looking at for now. The Straits Times Index currently down 0.77% and we're looking at 3,161 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 712 million dollars. dollars. Gainer's Throat loses 231 versus 340. Top 5 Five movers by value we have here DBS, OCBC, UOB, SIA and Yang Jiang Shipbuilding Sing dollars. Heavily traded securities included CapAlliance, Citrium and Rex International. Now in terms of companies to watch for today, we have DBS. Why so? The bank said all of its banking services resumed last morning after over 12 hours of disruptions to its digital ATM and payment functions uh, which started on Saturday afternoon. Now, Elsewhere from China's efforts to prop up its economy and mainland stock markets to VinFast Auto planning to move aggressively into Southeast Asian markets. More regional headlines in focus today and let's break them down with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Mr Kuo, welcome.
1: Hello, good evening Tian Tian, how are you?
0: Good, and good evening to you too. And Mr Kuo, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI Fed so far? And also, we are seeing Rex International, RH Patrol Gas advancing quite a bit earlier today. Any surprises there given the fears that the conflict in Israel and Gaza could turn regional and impact global oil supplies?
1: Okay, I think it's pretty much uh, what we call a risk-off day. Uh, Mm. People are very confused about what's going on. The possibility of high inflation over in the US and then now we have this uh, conflict in the Middle East. And uh, As far as traders are concerned, They probably think it's time to sort of take some money off the table and just sit and wait and see what happens. How they're going to actually resolve that problem is going to be interesting because if the conflict does actually uh, play out over a a longer period than people expect, then uh, the Federal Reserve may have no option but to actually think about cutting interest rates. Mm -hmm. Then at the same time, you've got this inflation problem, which means they need to increase interest rates. So it's not really entirely surprising why, uh, as far as uh, the traders are concerned, uh, they just waited. But as far as those two companies that you mentioned mm.
0: uh,
1: are concerned, I mean, these are two oil-related stocks. Yep. And at the moment, when you have a look at the uh, oil market, there are worries that because of that conflict, oil prices may go higher. Now, uh, when you have a look at uh, oil companies, they are pretty much what we would call price takers. So mm. uh, when oil prices go up, uh, they tend to do pretty well. When oil prices go down, they don't do so well. So when I have a look at my oil portfolio, I mean, I've got a couple of oil stocks in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the moment, World Dutch Shell is at a record high over on the London Stock Exchange. Mm. That doesn't mean I'm a, um, a particularly smart or a particularly bright investor because I have those stocks in my portfolio. It just simply means that uh, the market has uh, decided to mark those shares up because of high oil prices. So uh, mm. people need to be aware that oil stocks, are what we call price takers. And uh, uh when oil stocks are well when oil prices are high they do well, when oil prices are are, are weak, uh, they do less good again.
0: Hmm. And in the meantime, uh, Mr. Cole, let's take a look at DBS, right? Uh, The bank said all of its banking services resumed uh, yesterday morning after over 12 hours of disruptions. Now, this is the fourth service disruption for the year, Mr. Cole. How has this weighed on DBS stocks today? And also, any broader contingent concerns?
1: Uh, Well, uh, not not tremendously. Uh, And I think uh, we have to probably learn to accept the fact that as we go into a more cashless society, yeah. do you know what, I went, I went somewhere today and I wanted mm-hmm. to pay with cash. And the cashier said, no, we are cashless. <laughs> and we don't accept that. I yes. said, are you telling me that if I dropped a $50 note on the floor, you wouldn't pick it up? He goes, no, nope, we don't pick it up. So uh, we are a cashless society over here. And I think you know, that is uh, part of the teething problems that we have, that we are moving into a, um, a cashless uh, economy. And as a result of that, we have to accept the fact that, although it is not acceptable, mm. uh, that we have to accept that uh, there are going to be hiccups along the way and there will be disruptions. I did want to remit some money to somebody over the weekend. I couldn't do so. But that just means that uh, they'll have to wait a couple of extra days for the money to turn up. But as far as CBS is concerned, we really do need to have a look at this problem. I mean, uh, if you make uh, one mistake, okay, people don't accept that. Two, then three, and then now four. I think there is probably some kind of problem over DBS which they need to resolve because otherwise um, their banking customers are going to get um, a little bit set up, I think.
0: Mm. As far as stock price is concerned, Mister Koh, I believe it's down one point two percent for DBS today. But you're not seeing any major impact on stock prices in the longer term for DBS, given all the instructions. I don't think
1: so. I don't think so, Jen. You yeah. know, I, I think you know when you have a look at the entire banking sector. If we go back to what we said earlier on about yeah. the possibility that the Federal Reserve may have to actually sort of start thinking about cutting yeah. interest rates because of conflicts, then of course that will have some kind of impact on the banks in the long term. But as we have seen uh, on some of the banks that have reported earnings in the U.S. so far, and they have benefited from the higher net interest margin.
0: Mm. And so
1: uh, maybe the effect uh, today on DBS has less to do with the uh, service interruption yeah. and more to do with the long-term outlook for interest rates. Are interest rates are going to remain higher for longer, or are central banks everywhere are going to start thinking, hmm, we're going to start having... We're going to start thinking about either uh, cutting interest rates because of the global turmoil. I mean, it's not just yeah. happening over. It's not just happening over in in the Middle East. We have another war going on, you know, over in in, in, yes. in Ukraine and Russia. So uh, we don't really want any more of these Jen.
0: Hmm, I guess there are way more macro factors affecting markets, affecting the banking sector as well. And speaking of which, let's take a look at what's happening within Asia. A number of things out of China, including the tightening of rules on short selling, also the central bank ramping up liquidity support to the banking system. Is this enough to bring back investors' confidence, though?
1: No. Absolutely not, because I think you know investors are smarter than that. Investors yeah. know that the problem is with the housing market. is not with short selling. I mean, short selling, uh, yeah, you can stop people from uh, selling stocks short, which literally means that uh, a trader can borrow stocks, sell it in the market, hope that the share price will fall, buy back, and then return the shares that they borrow. Uh, I mean, that is is called market liquidity. Mm. If you stop short selling, then you actually – reduce the likelihood of price discovery. And you're saying that this is the price at the moment, so take it or leave it. Mm
0: -hmm. That is not
1: the right attitude to have. You need to have price discovery. But I think, you know, they need to address the elephant in the room, which is the housing market, and how are they going to do that? I don't think any of the measures today uh, have been sufficient to actually address that issue of the weakening housing market. And if they don't get that solved, I think it's going to affect not only China, but it will probably affect um, uh, the rest of Asia and the rest of the world yet.
0: Yeah. Mm, and I guess we have been talking quite a while about this as well as to whether the current stimulus you know, has been enough and whether they are uh, the hands are tied as well. Turning away from China and taking a look at Indonesian courier services uh, startup JNT Global Express, it said it planned to raise up to 3.92 billion Hong Kong dollars in uh, Hong Kong's mm-hmm. second largest IPO this year. How far will this piece of news uh, boost sentiment and Hong Kong IPO market?
1: You know, I'm not encouraged by the yeah. IPOs at the moment, When you have a look at what happened with button stock over in, uh, oh, yes. over in America. It didn't do particularly well. Yeah. I think, you know, people are very concerned uh, about flotations. And unless you float a share, unless you IPO a share at a decent price mm-hmm. where people can make some money, they're not going to be that interested. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about Uh, comfortable shoes like Birkenstocks or anything else unless the price is right people aren't going to buy and I think it's because investors have a choice you can either put it into US treasuries or even Singapore Mm -hmm. treasuries at the moment and earn a decent yield or you can actually go into the stock market and go and sort of take that IPO up. But if, it, if, if they're not confident about the stock market, then you can IPO as much as you want, you know. To, to, yeah. But there are not going to be buyers in the market, and you can see that in the stock market at the moment. The appetite just isn't there to go and buy stocks.
0: Yeah, indeed. And elsewhere, Mr. Kuo, uh, Vietnamese EV maker VinFast Autos... Uh, said the firm plans to aggressively move into Southeast Asian markets starting with Indonesia and it expects to eventually raise a lot of capital to fuel global expansion plans. Uh, your thoughts on that looking at the capital situation around the world?
1: Okay, I tell you what. Why I don't mean, we ask Elliot, right? Because I mean, I'm sure Elliot is a bit of a. I'm, I'm loath to say petrol head because uh-huh. these days nobody wants to talk about petrol anymore. They want to talk about electric electric vehicles. Yes, and so therefore, yes, I think Southeast Asia is a pretty big market. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the problems with electric vehicles. Now, I, I, I am no car expert, yeah. but my um, but the the, uh, the the amount of intelligence that I have with electric vehicles. Is going back to the days when I used to race electric cars, right? Mm-hmm. Is Elliot there? Is Elliot yeah, around? Yeah, he's there. He's uh, do, do you remember electric cars, Elliot? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I think electric vehicles are pretty much like that. They're very simple to actually assemble. And you and I could one day, you know, start up a car factory. All we need is to actually buy an electric, electric motor, a battery, and that's about it. Now yeah, we assemble it together and provided the car looks pretty nice, we can actually get one up and running. And so... Um, I have been informed that over in China, there are hundreds of electric vehicle makers hmm. in China. And if you ask me, are they all going to survive, you know, at the end of, um, I don't know, five or 10 years? I think the answer is probably not. So mm-hmm. unless unless a company has something special, um, as in the case of Tesla being the first in the market, yep. or price, I don't see how. Uh, they're going to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. So uh, Vinfast, yeah, you know, um, they are the uh, car makers over in uh, uh, Vietnam, and they have uh, a, a pretty good proximity of markets over here in Southeast Asia. So they might be able to survive, but I, I think they're just going to be one of many electric vehicles makers yeah. at the moment. And uh, Elliot and I one day can bring out our um racing car sets and maybe have a go one day, yeah? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I think it'll. it's a good uh, video opportunity as well.
0: <laughs> I thought <laughs> you guys Only were I going wish. to talk about silverware, but no, I heard no, that there matches a rate, this week.
1: Mine will be a red car and uh, David's will be a blue car. Do you know what I mean? Guess. Guess what mean? I, I I think I think we should have a race. Yeah, I think we should set up somewhere out in Far East uh, Far East Plaza or something. We should have a race oh. between the two of us.
0: <laughs> All right, looking forward to that. And thanks a lot, Mr. Cole. That was David Cole, co-founder of the Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM eighty-nine point three. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.